Hello, I'm your host, Conrad Swift, and welcome to the Cardano Convo podcast, a podcast that gives a glimpse into the Cardano ecosystem. The Cardano Convo provides an easy-to-digest explanation of the projects that are being built, thoughts, and what's going on within the Cardano community. Today, we have a convo with Edward Memzik, the founder and CEO of Fast Society. For those who may not know, Fast Society is a Cardano and Solana-based NFT project and game that is being built. And in this convo, we talk about all the details of their NFTs, the games that they are building, and so much more. Without further ado, let's get to it. Hello, Edward. It's nice to have you on the show, and thank you for taking the time to join us today and answer a few questions about the work you've been doing with Fast Society. Um, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much for having us here, and I will be more than happy to answer as many questions as possible. Oh, it's no problem at all. And so to jump on those questions, the first one, and it's always one that I ask is, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you into the crypto ecosystem? I have a background that is that comes from programming. I did a lot of data science. Um, I did way decade ago uh, last IT project that I was I, I was actually coding, but then I moved into uh, data science. I spent there for like four years, and most of my data science work was devoted to games. Then there, those were social media games when you know all the Facebook and uh, social media hit started, um, and then I moved forward to do my own business uh, that was all around big data. I did it for uh, two years, and then I came back to the game, gaming uh, space. But I started from mobile because I was looking for something that will grow. And actually, mobile is growing all the time since then. Uh, but in 2020, uh, we pulled out a bigger project out of my gaming um, uh, focus, and it was uh, Mousetrap Games. Uh, but Basically, we're a team. Most of the team came from uh, 2016 project. So we are work, working together six years right now, uh, even a little bit more, which is amazing. And I love my team. They are great. Like you can absolutely put them next to special forces, Navy SEALs and all this stuff because they're doing some great jobs there. Um, yeah. So back, coming back to myself, um, I have quite a lot of experience in managing projects. I'm, I did, uh, like I said, a few other ventures of my own. Um, I raised and did a lot of connections with investors during this time. So I would put it my experience as, as quite extensive, um, but everything is you know, basically focused on building. So we are building till now. Uh, we built, uh, how to put it good, um, well-known uh, gaming company in Poland. Uh, we are doing mobile games as a gaming company. We did more than 50 titles that you can see on our App Store and Google Play. But in the real life, we did more than 100, I guess. There is a lot of prototyping. A lot of prototypes are going, you know, to this end, uh, because uh, that's what is gaming about. It's about iterating on your ideas. It's about market fit. It's about finding the right spot for your game. So 
this is my experience and I think we can put a pointer here and jump to a small topic of my hobbies. I'm a sports guy. Uh, I was doing uh, swimming, professional swimming for 17 years. Then I moved into life-saving. Um, I'm still doing life-saving as a hobby. It's not consuming so much time as swimming did in last year, like in my previous uh, career, but it's still, you know, keeping me in shape. I'm topping this up with CrossFit. So I guess this is my way of building stuff. Uh, I love hard work and that's why picking, you know, sports that are not, not as easy as it, it may look uh, uh, when you watch them, but yeah, I love it. So let's keep, let, let, let's, let's leave it here. Um, and my hobby, like mental hobby is definitely gaming. I'm doing this since I was young, young kid. Um, I am big fan of strategies, real time, turn base, you name it. Uh, if you want to hear my top titles, it would be probably something uh, like uh, Civilization or Heroes of Might and Magic from real-time strategies. I love Commandos as a game, and I love uh, anything that works like StarCraft, Warcraft, Command and Conquer, Age of Empires, and so on and so on. So, yeah, that's pretty much it about me. Oh, fair enough. Um, I know what you mean about swimming. It's a real great way to stay in shape. I used to be a competitive swimmer as well. So oh, I can say, man, nice. yeah, and Civ 6 what? has kind of been my grind lately too. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel you there. Um, oh, I was nice. a freestyle nice. butterflyer, not, not breaststroke, no backstroke. <laughs> like not very okay. good. At I, I, I did backstroke. That's the, this is the, the, the stroke that most of the people say, how you can swim fast on your back. So yeah, uh, but I suck, I suck at, at the breeze stroke, which is common for backstrokers and the rest of stuff is like, you know, if you're not doing midly, uh, if you're doing midly, you just have to serve. Yeah. Five breeze stroke. That's it. <laughs> and I did want to ask, um, what brought you into the crypto ecosystem though, from mobile gaming? Ah, uh, yes, that's a quite short story. Um, uh, as we are pursuing high quality stuff. So I love to build, but I love to build high quality. And this is what we are uh, aiming for. And that's what we are doing for last years. Once, once upon a time, one project out of crypto space came to us and said, hey guys, we love your quality and maybe you can make a game for us. So we didn't answer right away because uh, if you want to do high quality, you have to educate yourself. So we started there. Uh, we, you know, uh, it was quite uh, quite refreshing, I guess, because there is so many things that you can do in the Web three space with gaming, yep. and we agreed with team that this is a good way to start entering the space, which is quite violent especially for games and when when we were making this decision it was a big backlash for the gaming companies that tried to use uh, web3 space like ubisoft or uh, other smaller titles that were just you know killed by the players so we were really watching on that uh, so we started as a work for hire 
uh, to prove ourselves that we are good at it too. And I think it worked work, work out quite good. So then another project came in and another project came in. So after having three projects on our uh, portfolio, we found out that we are seeing, I think, something amazing that we can bring, you know, um, improvement for the ecosystem uh, that we can dispute a little bit. And we came up with an idea of making our own mobile game for NFT holders and try to keep it as simple as possible, but on the other's hand, uh, still making as much as we can uh, for our NFT holders. So this is kind of a mix of building a mobile game for Web2 people, but on the back end, you have your NFT holders that can earn, uh, that can uh, use their NFTs, that can be uh, highlighted by having NFT in our game. And all of this has to be on Apple and Google marketplaces because that's where the players, the players are. And we need to use user acquisition techniques that are common in mobile space. So it's it, it was, uh, let's say, very tricky road, but we managed to do it. And I think that we are bringing something uh, simple on one hand, but on the other hand, it is very um, well forged in the back in the back end. So, yeah. oh yeah, it's definitely interesting. And on that, I know you talked a little bit about it, but could you tell us a little bit about your NFT project slash NFT gaming project, Fast Society? Of course. I mean, I guess that's uh, that's the thing that I love to talk uh, most because. Uh, this is what uh, keeps our hearts going right now and it's our it's in our focus so yes fast society is about building a mobile game that will bring as many web to players into our space into our web three space so the idea is simple we are building mobile game that can be placed on apple store and uh, google play uh, we are building a game that will bring income for nft holders um, and that will be free of inflation. So that were the key uh, priorities for this game. Um, it will be made as a quite big casual title for mobile. And we choose mobile because there is a biggest, uh, I guess the, the biggest um, population of gamers there. It's 2.6 billion people. So you can imagine that it's way bigger than Web3. Uh, we still feel that we are on the mission that we should bring people to Web3, not take them out of Web3. Of course, we are using NFT interested people to uh, fund project, but also to give them back a very stable um, plan for making return on investment and I hope much, much more. Uh, and we are seeing this great uh, connections between Web 2 and Web 3 because at the end of the day, both spaces are casual. So if you look at the Web 3 players, of course, you can find hardcore players and so on, but most of the people are just casual players. And on the web, on the mobile side, most of the people are casual players. So this is a huge link here between those two spaces. And... Basically, we want to extend it, I think, 
we can call it that way. Like our game will just extend this connection and probably will make some web two players turn uh, in. We will make them. Uh, we will bring them closer to Web3 space. That's for sure. But maybe they will flip and they will jump on uh, NFT space and they will like to buy NFT that will give them much more uh, power in the game or much more fun out of the game like we are planning to do for our NFT holders. Awesome. And it's good that you guys are looking at it with an eye towards those who aren't in the crypto space because I know one of the traps I keep seeing a lot of NFT projects kind of fall into is going, okay, we're going to sell this to the crypto bros and it's going to be just, you need an NFT and if, if you want to play the game at all. And so you already take, for example, that $2.6 billion or not billion, sorry, billion people market. And now you're just going, okay, now it's only blockchain. So you're making it harder yeah. to, for people to get in or more, you're narrowing it down. And then you're going, okay, not only is it only those in blockchain, but we're going to narrow it down to only those in Cardano. And it's just like, okay, so we've got a very, very narrow set. And a lot of it is typically instead of just one person, it's a multiplayer game. So you're just like, okay, now you're limiting your audience to for a multiplayer game to such a small thing. So you guys looking at that and going, no, we're going to branch it out is amazing. Yes, I mean, we came from the gaming and you, everybody in gaming knows that number of player, players is your key thing. So, you know, looking at Web3 space, looking at, you know, let's say that we have in Cardano like hundreds of thousands of people and we want to have on our game more than one million people. So how we can do that? We have to, you know, go above this. We have to reach to the people that are uh, that are there and when you know about advertising and how it how things are converting, how you attract those people, how you convert them into players, it's a hard work. At the end of the day, user acquisition, it's a statistical game where basically you're losing all the time because you know small percentage of the people that you reach the, 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 that see your advertisement are actually clicking it and then actually are staying in the game. So, like. Can you imagine if you if you want to if we want to have if we want to have one million players in the game, we need to spread our advertisement to probably hundreds of millions of people. And how to do that if you don't have proper tools? And in Web three space, you don't have proper to proper tools. It's the those tools are still building. So you know why to just narrow narrow your uh, your audience when you can just why just do wide open user acquisition in mobile space so that that's why we are aiming in this space and that's why we are keeping things simple because we don't want to breach apple or google policies or any other marketplace policies uh, we will share uh, any payment will go through those uh, you know marketplace so we will share 30 percent of the payments there uh, mobile players can play without having an nft token they will have everything from the game um, we will do usual advertisement rewards ads interstitial ads um, in-app payments you name it basically we're using well uh, forged up uh, mobile gaming uh, monetization models just to bring income to the company as yes, you know company that runs the game but to our 
NFT holders that will hold NFTs because they want to play and earn. So at the end of the day, they can play and they can earn, but it's not, uh, it doesn't have to be connected because if you don't want to play, you can still earn. And if you want to play, then you will just earn a little bit faster or even quite faster, but still it's all about how many players are in the game, not how many players from crypto space can play the game. It's a big difference. It makes sense. And of course, before we go into details about the game, I wanted to ask a few questions about the NFTs that you guys will be selling. Um, the first question, of course, being, I see that it's a project with 8,888 NFTs or unique NFTs, so 8888, um, with half of them being on the Cardano blockchain and the other half being on Solana. Why did you guys decide to do it this way? Uh, yes. So, like, answering this question is the uh, same question that we ask ourselves, how we want to reach as many players as possible. So, we figured out that if we will reach only to Cardano, we are limiting ourselves in terms of number of holders of NFTs, like possible holders. So we thought about different chains we wanted like the first idea was this you know absolutely uh crazy idea of doing mint on any chain but it's not you know technically it's possible because it's finite like the number of chains is uh it's not infinite but at the end of the day it doesn't add up in on the economical part and on the time frames and on absolutely nothing so we have to choose another so we picked Solana because it had great traction on NFTs. We did our decision before merge in Ether, which means that we just uh, threw out all the proof of work uh, blockchains out of the uh, scope because we don't want to burn trees and you know keep fees high. So there was not too much left actually because what we we just uh, had uh, Matic uh solana and few other smaller but we wanted to reach out to something as big as we can so solana was the natural um space where there were uh, a great traction of number of nft holders so that's why we picked solana we found our uh, partnerships in solana but then uh you know as it's on the nft market and crypto market things are changing fast so right now we are looking at at what is going on uh, with all those crazy times uh, that started a few weeks ago and we are waiting with solana we'll figure it out when every i hope this storm will just pass through um so right now we are focusing on cardano so answering your question we wanted to have wider uh wider audience, I guess, and we want to use different um, chains because we see a great potential of uniting uh, people. And I don't see um, reason why we should, you know, um, build barriers between chains and our mission is to basically bring people together. So that's why we wanted to do multi-chain. And we know that this is harder, but on the other hand, uh, I hope that people will just see that this is a project that will last for a long, long time. And uh, we don't want to be uh, caught up in the trap of one blockchain. So, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense because I know in the crypto space we have to get past this tribalism. And we need to, if, for example, Cardano is a third generation blockchain, one of those points is that it will be interoperable. So whilst, for example, someone can be on Cardano initially, at some point, we are, I imagine the technology will come around that you'll be able to switch between blockchains, for example, with your NFT, no problem. And so, and along with that, a lot of Cardano projects, even like, let's say, JPEG store, they now have, of course, the Cardano NFTs, but they've recently moved into Solana NFTs as well. So it looks like the ecosystem as well as adopting the approach you're taking with your project and so I do have to ask, and I know people would be upset if I don't ask this question, is when do you guys plan to have the mint and how much ADA will it cost to mint a Fast Society NFT? Okay, so this this question is hard. Um, like answering when is very easy. It's 29th and 30th of November. 29th for a whitelist, uh, 30th uh, public mint on ADA. And we are still not having any other dates. We are waiting what will happen on the market. But 4,444 tokens will be minted on ADA. And that is sure. And this is something that we can uh, consider as absolutely uh, concrete. So how much? And I can't answer this question because I don't know what will be the exchange rate between a USDC or US or Tether or Binance USD. Basically, we are uh, having our reference in the United States dollars because at the end of the day, the budgets, marketing budgets that are used for user acquisitions are in this currency. So this is why we are, you know, reference, uh, we have reference to United States dollars. So price will be 200 United States dollars with exchange rate off and we are waiting until 29th to just give an exchange rate, whatever ADA will be then, we will just, you know, do a quick math and and give uh, exact numbers. But if you want to prepare, keep 200 bucks somewhere on your accounts uh, because uh, this is the price that we will mint. And answering the question, why, why the size of the ticket, like, why why it's so big because it's not common for especially ada to have so high uh uh so high ticket the answer is simple we are running here a well-forged uh project with well-forged budget and we know how much it will cost to make a good game and how much it will cost to do a proper user acquisition. And if we go too low, then it's too risky to start it. So of course we have, you know, um, um, plan A, plan B, because uh, we uh, anticipate that it might go sideways in different ways. I mean, uh, we can, I, we are hoping and we are strongly believing that we can mend it all but it's just a half. So we know that we have to keep going until the second mint for the other half. Uh, and the, there is a contingency plan where there is no other half because it will totally go sideways. So we already uh, fill out a form for a United uh, Europe dotation for making this game on 
two million United States dollars. So we have, you know, we are planning stuff for the next five years because we will, of, of course, launch our gaming uh, at the very beginning of 2024. But also then when you launch a game on the mobile, you have to iterate with it. It's not like game is a perfect market fit at the first shot. And everybody in mobile knows it. So we are prepared to make an MVP and then do a few iterations, check how people are playing, make an upgrade to our game, extend the uh, mechanics, do whatever it takes to make this game good. Good, fun first, great experience for any player. And this will make a lot of good stuff for NFT holders. So that's why such a ticket, because we are well, you know, we are, we, let's say, our budget is well computed and we need to keep it, you know, on the positive side. So, and I know a lot of people hear $2 million and go like, Oh, that's a lot of money, but for game development, especially depending on the scope of the game, that's um, not the largest budget, like for a game. So <laughs> yeah. I know like to the lay person, like, especially when I started developing, for example, Flooftopia, I was like talking to people, like how much would it cost to build this? And they're like, Actually, what you're building, not two grand, um, maybe a million dollars. And I'm like, wow, okay. Like, and so I know two million it sounds like a lot, but it's not that much. And so, and just to make sure I recap this correctly, it is $200 is how much the NFT will cost when you guys go. So whatever the exchange rate is on the 29th or the 30th, that's how much ADA will cost is $200 worth. Uh, yeah, just small collection. Uh, when we set the exchange rate on 29th, we will keep it. I mean, it will not change until the 30th. Of course, I assume that it might be some, like, I don't know, uh, some extremely big shitstorm that will hit Cardano too and something will go sideways. But like... We can be secure as much as possible, but it cannot, you know, uh, it cannot hit our users. So we have to keep um, things very even for everyone. So when we will do exchange rate on 29th, then that's it. We are keeping that as it is with the risk that in between something may happen. Fair enough. And I know not only do you get the NFT, but if I recall and correct me if I'm wrong, um, I've heard that there's a raffle that'll be taking place to win a red Mach 1 1969 Mustang. Is this a yes. thing? <laughs> it sounds pretty cool. Yes, it is. Uh, uh, usually, like when we started, I was starting all the Twitter spaces with that. But at the end of the day, that's not the purpose of project. I don't want people uh, to jump into our project just because there is a raffle. So I don't want to be a lottery uh, this is something that uh, I hope uh, will um, encourage people to keep NFTs until the raffle will happen. Uh, because at the end of the day, it's amazing car. Like it's it's freaking amazing, and um, this is something to hold them uh, pumped up. If I can use this word. Um, because in between project, and this is what we were analyzing, like every project that mints, then have to have uh, have to have something to keep people engaged. And 
on our like in our project mustang is one of those things i'm saying one of because also we will do many other smaller things but the mustang is something this you know this red flag that will uh show to our nft holders that hey in few months from now you can win this car so hold hold don't drop nft because every nft has equal rights to win this car doesn't matter do you have legendary or uh, common nft at the end of the day each is equal so if you will have three you will get your three chances if you will have 10 you will have your 10 chances and so on so uh this is our like this is our uh carrot for people to hold and this is also something that we can chill with for many many months because before raffle there will, there will be some smaller stuff merge merge and different things that we'll do but after it we'll try to make as many things as we can out of you know uh making uh this raffle who will win when this mustang will go how will how we will transport it there and so on so on so there is a lot of things that we can do with it to just make people engaged and also we will show how we are making games and this is something that we are big in like we we i think we can show how we are making games with this a lot of fun education for everyone to sh to really educate people how how the process of making game is look uh, is is uh, is uh, uh, carried out yeah and uh, so to to summarize yes red 69 Mustang Mach 1 uh, 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 with uh, 4.7 liter of uh, engine, uh, fully capable of, you know, it's it's running, it's, it's doing great job. You can feel all the, you know, amazing uh, things in this Mustang because, you know, it has three gears, which is totally crazy because on second gear, you can go up to like, uh, 150 miles per hour, which is, wow. you know, the sound of the engine, uh, how it feels inside. It's, 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 you know, this car has like six years. It's so different feeling when you sit in this car and in, you know, uh, our present times car, it's absolutely something that worth of fighting for. Oh no, that makes sense. And of course, to jump back, I know we talked a little bit about it and you said this is the main focus of as opposed to, for example, the Mustang, could you tell us a little bit about what the game will be like? Like, what can users expect? How will the play-to-earn mechanic work? Things like that? Yes, so um, this is where we wanted to bring also something innovative. And if you think about the game, you have to think as a player, not as an NFT holder, because the game is for the players. More players, more earning for NFT holders. So. A game will be a racing game, but with a big twist because it will be card deck builder, which means that race will not be uh, taken in this classic way where you have to drive your car. Race will happen automatically and you will have your uh, card turns so you can influence a race by shooting a proper card. And if you want to imagine how it may look, 
it will be a crossing of, I guess, a racing game with a Marvel Snap. This is what our like idea is. So there is a very engaging uh, card uh, game. And in the background, you will see how these cars are influencing your car. So it can go faster, it can go slower, it can go uh, zigzags, it can do any other stuff that will be on cards. And why cards? Because uh, our like long-term goal is to bring this game not only for us, but also for other collections. Because you know we are looking at this market as an experience experienced uh, game studio with uh, experts that are seeing that someone is trying to make a game out of 1000 NFTs sold for 30 ADA, which means that you have like, I know, a um, uh, few thousand dollars for making a game. And we both know that it's not possible to make a high quality game. It's just Raider using some kind of template and that's it. And uh, we want to offer those collections that, hey, guys, let's focus on keeping high quality game. Uh, we will top it, top, it up, top it with your uh, graphics on our cards. Those cards will have different uh, abilities. It will be a different deck. It will bring new value for the players. But at the, at the end of the day, the game is already working, it's good, it's fun, it, it's, it's really a uh, nice experience for our players. So that's why um, we are aiming in card deck builder. And then with those cards, you can do many things. You can, uh, like, uh, I hope that, you know, market will be more mature when the game will be on, on the market with, you know, many players inside it then maybe the next step will be to just frame in those cards and you know show them uh, show our players that hey this is a web3 project so you can actually deal with those cards we're still you know going that way but if you look on our primary scope is to make fun first game for our holders for players and then the next step will be to reach out to other collections that are out there and to bring them into our game to make it even more fun for Web3 and even more fun for uh, Web2 so they can see that there is a lot of content that is there and we don't know how to get it. So they will try to educate themselves and then they will try to uh, look for this contact and eventually they will, you know, jump in on the marketplace, JPEG store, Magic Aiden, whatever we will have there. And they will try to buy those NFTs. And this is how we are building um, um, need of having NFT. We are bringing people outside Web3, not only inside. So you could think how much good it will make for a, a floor price, for the turnover and so on on NFTs. Yeah, and I see what you mean. It's it's interesting. It's going to be a race-based game, like racing, but you're going to have cards that influence the operation of the race. And yes. I like that you are trying to create interoperability with between projects because that's something I don't think the ecosystem has seen enough of. Like Everybody builds their own project and goes, okay, I have to bring value to my project instead of going, well, why... like. Why don't I partner with, for example, this project and we bring value to each other's project by what I've built. And for example, for your holders, they get a benefit so that it brings value to both NFTs, for example, and 
again, rising tides raise all boats type of mentality. But a lot of people I find, or at least a lot of projects from the outset kind of have this mentality of, I'm just going to stay to myself. I'll build value for us. Like, why would I build value for other projects? When I think moving towards that interoperability mindset you have is probably the way things need to start going. Yes, yes. And on top of that, you still you, you have to keep in mind that you are making this project not only for different Web3 uh, communities, but also for this one big community of Web2 players. So you kind of want to have as many things uh, attached to the project because it's it makes it much more interesting. You have much more content, you have much more interactions. Game is the, 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 you know, the world of the game is bigger. So this is what we want to build, something that will grow with us, not only grow for a while and then just, you know, it will be bo- you will be bored by it, but we need to have a plan how to extend it in the next five years. So this is our plan. Let's reach other uh, collections. And also, uh, one more thing, yeah. um, why we pick up the card game? Because we want to keep this game casual which means that you have to play it by one by, by one finger. Mm-hmm. And that means it's really hard to steer a car with one finger. So you have your answers. Why? Yeah. That's a lot to take in. That's a lot of information. On the play to earn, is it just purely from like, is it going to be PVP based? Like you're competing? Is it whoever can get the highest like ELO gets like certain rewards? So is it like a leaderboard style system or how like... Yeah. So um, uh, there is a leaderboard, leaderboard style. So when if you will be higher at leaderboard, then your uh, multiplier of number of thing, uh, like uh, number of uh, hard currency that you will get out of the mobile game will be bigger. And at the end of the day, uh, we will just uh, do. Uh, sales of hard currency, in-game hard currency to other players. So that's how you earn on having NFT token. Only NFT token holders can sell hard currency. But even if they don't play, they will get it each day. They will get their part of hard currency. And whenever Web2 player will buy this hard currency, it will buy first from NFT holders then from the game so at the end of the day you have like very simple mechanic of bringing new money into your wallet because if you think about web two players each player will be you know, new one so our play to earn is not actually play to earn we, it's, we i call this play to uh, play to own because you play the game and you own the nft token and if you own the nft token you are earning just like that if you play, then you will earn a little bit more, but at the end of the day, balance will be quite simple. If you hold the token, you can earn. That's it. What is the timeline you guys are looking at for the release of this game? Because I know, and I, I know it's typically going to be a rough estimate because with game development, I know very well with game development, things can change. Timelines can differ. But what would be the estimated time that these would the game would be live. Uh, first of all, I love to talk with someone who is really into the gaming because yes, like game itself is a complex project. Like you have arts, you got developers, you got trends on the market, you got holders in behind, everything is pushing you. But I think we are very good ex- uh, in um, um, 
planning and we are estimating that we will finish in Q1 2024. And uh, this is our timeline for MVP, but this will be a mobile MVP. So you can play it, you can, it will be fully capable, but you have to keep in mind that we will iterate with this game. So if you will play the first MVP, you have to know that we can do a few iterations and the game will change and it will uh, do uh, like it will try to fit into the market. So that's why um, uh, I'm saying that because then the timeline probably extends to even one more year of developing the game. Uh, and if the game will do as we plan, then we will develop it, it even more because th th this is mobile. I mean, you have to develop. If you stop develop, you stop uh, doing new content, you stop uh, encouraging your players to, you know, to try new mechanics and everything, it will just simply uh, slowly die as a game. So we are prepared for a long run. Like that's why it's so important that, you know, uh, everybody who is, thinking, considering uh, buying uh, Fast Society tokens, please keep in mind that we are an veterans of uh, gaming um, uh, market, which means that we know how to do things. We did more than 50 games for mobile. We know how to scale them, how to iterate them. So yeah, so this is our timeline for the game. In between uh, raffle, raffle will happen somewhere after three months, before six months. It's I'm not I'm trying to not disclosure uh, the date because it's all about you know fun of when it will happen, when it will happen. We'll just chill about it. So um, this is for all the people that are looking to get Mustang in their hands. Uh, it's it's real. It's uh, it will happen, but we'll use our time to you know to encourage you to hold tokens. So this is the timeline for Mustang, and uh, before Mustang there will be uh, smaller events each month, each week, and we will do as many good practices that you can see in other projects as we can. Awesome. Awesome. That's again, that's a lot of dates to keep in mind. Um, we will have links, of course, down in the description for um, their Git book, their website, things of that nature. But I do want to thank you, Edward, for taking the time out of your day to come onto the show and tell us a little bit about Fast Society. But before we go, how can our viewers and listeners best support you and your team? Um, first of all, thank you very much. It's 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 a pleasure for for me to be here. And if you want to support us, just jump on our Twitter or Discord, uh, Discord, whatever fits you. And obviously, please uh, put in your calendar a mint date. Uh, buy at least one. It will support us in purely economical way. Uh, but also, if you want to support us, then please come in, chill, chill with your friends. Uh, chill with your uh, wider uh, community uh, because right now the most important for us is to be uh, in as many discords and tweeters uh, as possible so it's simple but though it's very important oh yeah jump into the discord go at it again thank you so much edward it's been an absolute pleasure but it was a pleasure for me and i hope that we'll have time to discuss more later um thank you very much for having us here and i guess uh, let's keep building all together thank you for joining us for this episode of the cardano convo podcast 
If you want an easy way to help us out, then make sure to share this podcast. That way we can grow and create a better podcast for you guys. Also leave us a five-star review. And if you had feedback on today's episode, tweet us at Cardano Convo. Send your emails to cardanoconvo at gmail.com or join the Cardano Convo Discord server and let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Also, make sure to check out our new podcast website on crypto-loops.com. We'd also like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Loops Pool. If you want to help out the podcast and are looking for a Cardano stake pool to delegate your ADA to, then think about delegating with Loops Pool. That's Loops, L-O-O-P-S. And lastly, I want to let our community know about an NFT game slash project that we are working on. The game is called Flooftopia, and more details can be found at flooftopia.org or down in the description below. We have a Discord server and other socials, so make sure to check out our website to learn more. Again, thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Cardano Convo.